Hi, this is Nathan. Welcome to the WADFAM Chalk Pod. Oh, hi there. Welcome to the pod. I'm Dylan James Weaver, but most folks around here just call me Dylan. Why don't you get the whole family together and join us for another exciting episode of the WADFAM Chalk Pod. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so no, sorry. No, it's okay. I do it when I talk. I know. Uh, Whatever you I get like going is when is when you do it, and then I'm like, it's I, the worst I, time. I'm not, like I can't. I'm not gonna interrupt you because that makes it so much worse. No, yeah. like I would just deal with the audio. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here today to talk about episode 268 of Adventures in Odyssey, entitled Pet Peeves. Yes, sir. This is an episode about a pet and not peeves? I mean... I mean, George is annoyed the entire episode. Yeah. I think that's the peeves. Yeah, I guess so. It is... I guess uh... that's the peeves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, the the dog is actually like a poltergeist. Oh. That's a Harry Potter joke. That wait, that was Sirius Black who turned into the dog, right? No, 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 no. So you you haven't actually read the books, you've just seen the movies? No, I've read the books. Okay. There's a ghost there's a poltergeist in the building called Peeves. Oh I thought you who were is talking not about in the, movies. the dog. Okay. Nope. It was Sorry. a weak joke. Which will probably be cut. But if you hear it, congratulations. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, so this is an episode written by Paul McCusker and Chris Fabry, directed by Paul McCusker. Chris, what, how do you say his last name? Fabry. Fabry. Very interesting. What uh, Has he done a lot of episodes? I am pulling that up right now because I was having the same thought. He has written two episodes. Wow. This one and an episode called Pipe Dreams. I know that episode. Interesting. There you go. So yeah, one of two episodes this he has written. This is a co-write, and it's our first non-Paul McCusker. Well, obviously McCusker wrote and directed this as well, mm-hmm. but it's our first credit other than McCusker on the George Barkley stuff we've been covering. Oh. Yeah, no, this, I mean, this episode definitely had an interesting feel to it. <laughs> it, it was we'll get into it we'll get yeah. into it <laughs> it right it i think once again like we talked about last episode feels very like arthur mm-hmm. feels very mm-hmm. like child's tv show yeah yeah talking about yeah I, which i love yeah no i i i yeah i don't i this is maybe the weakest of the three we've covered so far but yes. it's still good yeah yeah and i would agree though this definitely it's just kind of like, okay, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so the thing the thing it has going for it is some great Connie. Yeah. Um, Dynamite Connie and... And some okay comedy here and there. Donna's not terrible. Like, No. You get a lot of Donna in this episode, which, yeah. you know, as somebody with a crush on Donna, just, I didn't mind. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's totally fair. Uh, Cast-wise, the only character in this that we haven't ever talked about is the dog catcher, which is how he's credited. I think he's just the guy who works at the Pound, but they credited him on the wiki as dog catcher, which I think is funny. (laughs) Maybe that's a subcategory of the Pound job. Yeah, but it's just like he he feels like he's working the desk at the... (laughs) Yeah, at the the Pound. At the Pound. It's not like he's the guy going out and, like, you know, homeward bounding everyone. Like, could you imagine, just... though, if that was your job? <laughs> I I am so... It was interesting listening to this. Like, for whatever reason, in the 90s, children's media, like, the pound was the worst thing that could happen to anything. Yeah, it was, it's jail, essentially. But right. we can't show jail. <laughs> but it's like, right, but like, like, the number of, like, villainous animal control people in movies is so high yeah 
I mean, and I grew up watching a lot of like Homeward Bound one Homeward and two Bound. a ton, right. where like that's the whole villain of those movies. Yeah. You also have Babe Two, Pig in the City. Whoa! Um, I never saw Babe Two, dude. It's directed by George Miller. What <laughs> of a uh, Mad Max fame? Yeah, it is absolutely nuts. It's kind of good. I. I I, okay. I, I mean, I thoroughly has, enjoyed Babe 1, so... It essentially has a Thunderdome in it. What? Like, he just lifted part of his other movie. I don't know. Watch. That's the plug for this week. Watch, watch, watch Pig in the City if you haven't. Watch Babe 2, Pig in the City. Babe takes on the pig apple. I mean, that, yeah. Also, is like... I don't know. Probably like Hotel for Dogs. Like the oh, villain yeah. is the pound. Yeah. Secret Life of Pets. I imagine yeah. the villain is the pound. There's just like there's a lot of like animal centric kids movies. Yes. And it's always like and it's we always are, the pound. It's always the pound, or the main characters are some variation of mice or rats. Those are the two options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the villain is either a natural predator or right. or pound. Or the pound, because that is the natural predator for dogs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not people. Right, no, it's the pound. <laughs> yes. Um, Back so, to Adventures in yeah. Odyssey this episode. <laughs> Uh, do we do the, do we do the Well, writers? so anyways, I think, I think I was going to say, did I say that Dogcatcher was voiced by Bob Luttrell? Because no. that's the thing I was trying to say. No, yeah. But I oh, never well, got that's, there. That's, that's worth noting. Yep. <laughs> we just got caught up on the fact that he is credited as Dogcatcher on the wiki. <laughs> um, additionally, uh, Bob Luttrell, um, audio engineered this episode. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, the dog barks are his dog. Really? Yep. Aww. Because that's how you do Foley work, is you just find yeah. the thing in your own life and you record it. And so, that's yeah. I... Yeah, so it's, so it's he, he, he is both dog catcher and dog noise maker. <laughs> maker of dog, or pr- canner? Canner? Can, can, canner, he cans the dog noise. He cans the dog noise. <laughs> it's in uh, the cans. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I want to point out in the context section is that this uh, this episode is where the album artwork comes from. That makes sense. Which With we the, occasionally the, the, the get to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the um, pot on the head and everything. Yep. Uh, was this album 12? Is that correct? 20. 20. Wow. Oh, yeah. Cool. I guess we didn't talk about that. But this is, this is off album 20, which is A Journey of Choices. And it is track four. Whoa. Yeah. This is a very George Barclay-centric album. I mean, yeah, like it, right. Oh, this episode, we didn't even talk about it. This episode aired uh, May 14th. Okay. Um, which is like a month after Making the Great aired. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. And this is back in the era of Odyssey where they're still making uh, not a new episode every week. No, is this album 20? Well, yeah, we're, we're basically getting a new episode every week. I think I think they might take like sections of the year off. Yeah. But... I think they're pretty close to 52 episodes a year. Okay. Because, yeah, I think they do that for, like, almost, like, the first five years or something. Where well, based. they did it for a long time, and I knew that the Barclays were kind of in that era. I just right. didn't know if this... That would make a lot of sense, though, if they were able to do that, and maybe they just brought in this backup writer because somebody was sick or something. Yeah, so this this episode aired in 94, so there, that was, there was 42 episodes out that year. So that oh. was... Basically, 97 is the first year where it's, like, only 15 episodes. Okay. But even then, they still... The ages. They still do, like... Yeah. They How many basically, episodes do they put out a year now? Now they put out uh, 24. 24. So it's 12 on the radio, 12 on the club. Yeah. Okay. Two wow. albums of six, plus <laughs> a club episode every month. But but yeah, when they started out, the fir- the eighty eight season is forty nine episodes. Yee. Yeah, they were cranking. Uh huh. What do you say we roll the promo? Oh wait, do we have cast? Do we have cast? We we, we only, only dog to, catcher. Only dog catcher. Bob Luttrell, also okay. Bob Luttrell's dog. We're all good. And now we're rolling the promo. Perfect. 
Donna Barclay's desire for stability in her life creates more disorder than she bargained for. On the next Adventure in Odyssey, the Barclays are struggling to cope with all the changes in their family, including a new job for George and Mary's unexpected pregnancy. But Donna's unwanted pet only makes matters worse. Learn more next time on Adventures in Odyssey. promo made me very happy i have a question for you dylan right off the bat okay when we were talking about how often odyssey's putting out episodes and stuff right so we're getting at least in this era we're getting a ton of odyssey but a lot of it feels kind of like children's television like we were saying like kind of like arthur yeah and our favorite air well i won't say our but your favorite era what you're saying between 50 and what 40 uh no what it's 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 basically from it's from the big picture which is 35 36 up through 50 yeah 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 yeah. which was not this era no not i mean not by any means like but that's like my era that your sweet spot feels like i don't like like is your i don't even know if i have a sweet spot well (laughs) not anymore like what (laughs) what i think of as like the andrew era is like right around this album until like wit gets back like that's that like feels like brendan's okay so so that's more brendan i than it is really you. i really got into the eras of odyssey like i really got into novacom but that was only because brendan was into novacom and like he already knew right. about all that um and so like i was able to listen to just the novacom episodes because of him um and that was like that was like the first, but the ones that I listened to a ton were just the albums that I had, which was right. like, I had this one, or I didn't have this one. I had, had the one album. with Aloha Oi, like a uh, the album before this. I yeah, believe. the album before uh, this, yeah. and then I had album three, and then we had like a wait. You, no, know, you had album nine. You had ice fishing, right? I had ice fishing, but I also had album, album two, which is right. The okay, camp yes. one and up Because I had album three, which yes. I knew you did not have. Yeah, that has heroes. That has like a lot of like really important character moments, and I yes. just have like Jimmy Barkley on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it. I don't know. That's my problem. Like, I don't think that I have. There's not a lot yeah. of cohesion, and then like. But like when I think about the episodes that you talk passionately about, yeah, it's like. Search for Wit, yeah. Blackard, yeah. Eugene and Katrina. Yeah. Which is all like basically starting up like is basically like album like eighteen to album, you know, twenty five or something. Like, yeah, it feels okay. like that. So maybe that is my I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I could I could totally be wrong, but I was just like when I think about like, oh, what's the stuff that like andrew is passionate for but it's also like you obviously had like love for novacom and whatnot yeah which is that, why well, we that did was that. the part where so, it like very much right doesn't really feel like yeah. i had a lot of an error because when i was listening to that obviously there was new stuff coming out and like basically i got into novacom by the time that i had finished novacom green ring had just come out essentially oh and so i was able to kind of jump into that and that was fun and i had that and right so between... at that point you you kind of skipped yeah like the leonard meltzner saga yep and the, don't know yeah. hardly anything about that other side of the glass yep the yeah. weirdness of album 50 like yeah what even is album 50 i've album 50 is like it's like it's it's one of the ones that's almost a concept album but it's like they are trying to bring back like a lot of old characters and kind of write people out and Mm -hmm. there's like a there's a two-parter called like the triangled web yeah which is um i do i'm familiar with that one which ends with like jack and lucy getting married like i don't know like there's a lot of like Jack and Lucy. Oh, that's right. Because they're married in real life, so they yeah. married them on the show. Great it job. is like I get it. It's cool. It also bums me out a bit. Mm, yeah. No, just as an Jack album. and Donna. Well, and it's the problem that the show runs into because it, it is still making episodes, <laughs> yeah. despite having started forever ago and having the same characters and like trying to create a continuous thing. Anyways, was there a point you were making about? Oh, no, I was just asking, because this is so Arthur-y, as we were saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, And this isn't your preferred era of Odyssey. Right. 
how do you feel about these types of episodes being like a big part of what like the beginning of odyssey i i can like i appreciate it as older odyssey and i definitely like enjoy them i'm enjoying them now in their context i think none of them stuck with me as a kid no like they're very palatable right like they're not bad but they can very much be like in one ear out the other because it just feels like you know a episode that you would get on any other tv show like it doesn't there's nothing like big picture about it and obviously like now going through it like we're able to track some like emotional journey and like there's Mm -hmm. definitely like stuff being done in this one but at the end of the day like it is just kind of it's like a it's a show it's an episode with like that is just a premise yeah yeah and this one in particular jumps out as there is no b plot no i kept waiting for there to be a b plot it is there that's got to be so few episodes of odyssey yeah especially for a full 20 minute episode not even to not have it's it's one plot yeah we follow like donna is in every scene yeah which is just is a place that odyssey doesn't find itself often but it's it's weird that this one has two writers (laughs) yeah exactly and like i as much as we've talked about it i really do enjoy this episode and like what it has to say um you know morally like Mm -hmm. and what it talks about you know like i I really appreciate how well yeah it gets into some counseling stuff too yeah yeah just like coping with change and everything and all that we'll get into it yeah so the episode begins in the same way these last few have with the weird intro which Mm -hmm. then jumped out at me as being like oh how smith had passed at the point Mm -hmm. of like these episodes airing having the wit intro is like an interesting uh, choice. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it was more or less being done in tribute to him. Yeah. But oh, it's, yeah. it is weird now to have episodes where like, and we've talked about this in the past, but we're like, wit's like the default intro, but sometimes he's not in the episode and it's like, why does this have yeah. a wit intro? And like, I think in these, the answer is kind of easy, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tribute. Yeah. You know, rest in peace, Al Smith. Mm hmm. And then we uh, and then we start with like the standard like Odyssey music cue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, it's so like nice, I can though. hear like Chris's voice talking over it, even though she's yeah. not. Yep, yep. <laughs> like it's playing, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, Donna's just settling down to blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. <laughs> exactly. Let's see what she's up to. Yep. And then we cut into the scene. Like, yeah, yeah. it. it uh-huh. I'm glad you clocked that oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Iconic. <laughs> you can't so, forget it. <laughs> and so the episode starts with Donna at wit's end yep. ranting to Connie. Yeah, about how much her life is miserable. And, and just all the change. Yeah, there's a lot of change. And it's actually... I am... As somebody that is, like, very... Um, I'm surprised at how sensitive young people are to change. Like, my nephew, who's three, complains about too much change. And I'm like, man, that is a mood. I feel like there's too much change. Uh, And I really, 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 really like that about this episode. I really, really, really like the Connie-Donna dynamic. I mean, like, I'm just covering that episode where Connie's becoming a counselor. And one is a much worse counselor than she is here, which, mm, whatever. Um. it was really, really good. Anyway, so they're there. They're talking about it. And they basically, Donna just wants stuff to be normal. And that makes a lot of sense. Like, her family is going through an enormous amount of change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her dad, like, basically, you know, it used to be a pretty standard, you know, dad brings home the bacon, mom doesn't work, two kids situation. And then, you know, now mom works, both the kids work. Dad works part time and is going to seminary. Like things, mom's get messy. pregnant. Like there's mom's just pregnant. a lot of. I mean, it's the, it's like, obviously even pre them having a kid and Donna's the, like having another kid and Donna's the oldest. But it's that just like my parents don't have attention for me anymore and just like mm-hmm. also like, 
yeah, my life is is different. Also, like Donna's in, like a like yeah, just with her age and whatnot, it also makes sense that she's like trying to figure out you everything. Know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. I sixteen. Right. Like yeah, you're mid teens. Yeah, you're mid teens. Of like, of course, like yeah, it's all kind of compounding here, and mm-hmm. she's working a job. Do you? I know, I know we talked slightly about the fact that, um, that she gets a job in our daily bread. Do you know, do you remember what her job is? Oh, she gets a job at the mall. Oh, okay. It's like it's a job generic. at the mall, I, like an Avon or like, she works at like a, like a, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just, no, I mean, and that's kind of what I figured because yeah. of like the it's not vagueness in this episode mm-hmm. that it wasn't like she was working somewhere in Odyssey that was like established, but nah, she's working at Hell's Diner. We wish. Wait, did they name it after Hal Smith? Oh, I never I thought about that, but I bet you're right. Huh. Yeah, dude. Good, good, good on you. Now I'm wow. like... Stumble it. Now I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wiki, wiki this. Wiki, I want to see when it was first established. Yep, it, it was first established in episode 369, which is well after Hal Smith's passing. And uh, the wiki does say that its name is a nod to the original actor of Wit, Hal Aww. Smith. And Wit loves House Diner. Goes yeah, there I every know. Every week or something like that. Dude, good call. That's hey, that's quality. I did not think yeah, about no, it. No, I also, I mean I also didn't make that <laughs> make that pool, cool. but it makes sense. Cool. Awesome. Great job, Cho. This this yeah. is fun. This is fun. See what we're doing here. We're having fun. And Frank's Breakfast Inn is named after Frank. And the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Okay. So yeah, basically they're Donna's venting to Connie and then boom, crash, we get uh we get a dog in the kitchen essentially and they yep. go to check it out. And it's a bull really... in a china shop? Yeah. If I feel that. Um, good switchfoot song. So yeah, so basically we get this stray dog and Connie's like, Oh, there's a stray dog here, we take stray dog to the pound. Right. Like that's that's this is pretty the much the third time he has come in. Yeah. And Connie's like, I don't know how you're getting in here, but Donna, call the pound while I'm holding this dog. Yeah. We're gonna get this sorted out. If this owner shows up, like they'll know to go to the pound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because also, what is this dog even This dog feels like average mid size, you wanna say? Like smaller than a golden, but bigger than like a small dog. Yeah, I. I he feels kind of big. I he don't doesn't. Know. He certainly doesn't sound small. <laughs> this is why visuals would be That's... helpful, and we do have the album artwork. We do. So basically, Donna wants to take the dog home. Obviously. Yeah, of course. Because children and dogs go together very well. Right. And. uh... Yeah, so she wants to take it home, but she has to ask her parents' permission first, which, you know, great job. Ask your parents' permission yeah. first before going online. Um, <laughs> and Connie's like, well, we're taking him to the pound for a while. Because, yeah, this dog keeps breaking into my establishment. <laughs> also, he is very ugly. Yes. Um, Connie says that she... Donna's immediately, like, smitten with him, and Connie says that she has seen better-looking rats. I forgot about that line. <laughs> that is so mean. <laughs> They're, this poor dog George roasts some zingers later. <laughs> George roasts this dog. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So then Donna goes home, and she's trying to pitch to her dad to get this dog, and mm-hmm. her dad is busy with his Greek homework. Yeah. Points out the it's fact It's like, it's that, Greek to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Points dad out jokes. the fact that, like, she already has a fat cat, and his name is Ferguson, and Donna's yeah. like, yeah, well, I don't care about Ferguson. Um, Poor Ferguson. And then Donna's like, you know what I'm doing? I'm invoking a family meeting. Yeah, this internal democracy, apparently, where moms and dads vote are worth two and uh, kids are worth one, one each. I like it. It's very interesting. I I don't know. I don't For know a... how practical this would be in my future life, but I'm like, I don't mind this as a concept. I think it's kind of fun. <sighs> I think that, unfortunately, it does lead to, once again, woefully underwritten Mary Barkley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rest in peace. She really needs the it nod. Is such, oh, it's such a bummer. Can we get Mary Barkley's breakfast in? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we do have a uh, Mary's Story Shop. Oh, which is owned by Novacom a... and is a bad place. Oh, um, <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> not helpful, Dylan. So sorry. That's okay. Um, but but yeah, it is. It's very interesting, and we get this thing where it's like this fake trial <laughs> thing where it's like I'm presiding, and they're they're talking all so fancy. Uh huh. <laughs> It's so it's so great. It's and very delightful. And, I, did, yeah. Did your family ever do anything like that growing no. up? No, me neither. No. My dad tried to one time, and then everybody was just like, no. No, there was not. My family had no facade of democracy. Yeah. Or, there was or, no, like, illusion that this was some democratic system. No, 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 no. So, no. like, yeah, it was there all, was not this. There, there were parents, and there were children. <laughs> and the parents... Right. And decided like, everything. Yeah. And like obviously like the the setup here is like if the parents agree on something, the kids literally can have no impact. Yeah. But if the parents disagree, exactly. then the kids get to choose which parent they like better. Like, there is this problem. That was exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, man, as far as family dynamics are concerned, I see this boiling down to a three two vote all the time. <laughs> Four two. Kids each get one vote. Parents oh, each mom, get two. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it could be four two. Well, because it was either that. It's either gonna be four two or three three. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's always gonna be four two. Either four on the parents versus the two oh, kids. Yeah, sorry. Or the parents are split and the kids choose a side. Yes. Which? Hi, Connie. How are you doing today? Can I make a joke about Connie's parents being divorced? I think you can, and I think you just did. Woo! It's great. Oh, um, I'm sorry, Katie Lee. <laughs> I hope you don't. I hope you. I hope you have a very happy life, and none of Connie's suffering is 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 involved. yours. Is yours as yeah. well. <laughs> Anyways, George is very opposed to dogs, and also is doing this whole family meeting thing out of like, like. Uh, obligation and also like believing that it's just like the things have already been decided well it's like Um, the scene in uh in what is it pirates of the caribbean haven't seen any oh okay where basically you can call a parlay and like you have to see the captain that's what it felt like where she was like all right fine yeah i can't right i'm invoking the family meeting (laughs) right Uh uh-huh yeah and so and so, yeah, George is just kind of being like, yeah, it's a done deal. Of course, the the kids are voting for the dog. Mary mm-hmm. and I will be on the same side. And then Mary in, like, her only scene this episode. Yep. In really her only like, moment. Just goes like, no, George, they're getting a dog. <laughs> and George goes, no. I can't disagree with my pregnant wife. I can only make fun of her. <laughs> Um, and so that is, yeah, that settles it. So they go to the pound, um, where dog catcher Bob Luttrell is talking and sounds like he is a man with two teeth. Like, (laughs) yep. And they're not next to each other. No, he is so like, well, well, they got a rascal because he keeps running away. Yeah, <laughs> we've had yeah. him for approximately five minutes, and he's escaped three times. Four times, actually. You might think it's my fault, and you'd be right. Because <laughs> <laughs> my name is Dog Catcher, and yeah. I can't do my job <laughs> yeah. on account of the two teeth I have. No, I mean I can catch the dogs; I just can't keep them anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I old... actually I get paid per dog catch. <laughs> So I've just been letting him out I so love... I can get more money. <laughs> I love Rascal. I made so much money off this dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is a brilliant headcanon we have here. Uh, anyway. We haven't gotten to do a bit in a while. <laughs> no, yeah. Feels good. Uh, <sighs> so Donna... Wants to name, decides he's, she's naming the dog Harry. Mm-hmm. Because like he's styles. Harry. Oh. <laughs> um, she, George explains that she's going to need to take most of the responsibility. Yeah. Um, dog catcher explains that she, that the dog is like two years old, but a puppy at heart. Mm-hmm. 
and um, George signs the papers for the dog sight unseen. They go back to get the dog, and he exclaims, Honey, that is the ugliest is dog the- I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Which well, yeah. looks kind of cute in the cover art. So good, good, good on you, cover art man, for, whose for name I forget and I feel bad making about. Making the, uh, making the really nice Gary oh. Locke. Is it Gary Locke? Yeah, oh, wait. I now so. I got a boom. Um, <laughs> is it Harry Locke? Gary. Gary, Gary Locke. Yeah, hey. I pulled that. Well done. You went way back into the archives for that uh-huh. one. Uh <laughs> huh. I am. Yep. Good at my job. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So basically. This dog, one, after being emotionally destroyed by uh-huh. by the Barkley family, uh-huh. George hates this dog. And I don't so know much. that he ends the... I don't think he ends the episode liking the dog anymore. No, no he does not. And, like, <laughs> I... So, Andrew, yeah. you have dogs. Yes, I do. I have never had a dog. I am not a pet person. I have, like, my parents had cats that stayed outside. Yeah. I don't interact with cats. Like, like mm. I'm just like, like, I tolerate dogs at other people's houses and, like, yeah, have, like, a level of appreciation, but also I'm just kind of exasperated most of the time. If they're so, not well-behaved, it can be very George difficult. is, like, a jerk, but I also could kind of get it. Oh my gosh. I have a little Yorkie Pomeranian that I have threatened, but never actually have, punt to, to, to punt. I mean, she's roughly the size of a soccer ball, and she has a bark that is so annoying, it sounds like she's dying. Like, it sounds like she's in grievous bodily harm every time she squeaks, and she does it constantly yeah. every day. And then Lily's just all slobber. Lily's all slobber and whining, and she just goes... And she jumps on you and paws at you and just gets fur all over you. Yeah. It, but she's delightful and she hates me. Both my dogs hate me. See, I just, yeah, I, I'm not like a, I, I could see a future in which I am the George in this scenario. I think oh, yeah. I think I would be way nicer about it than he is. Well, but I like, just wanted I a get... dog that liked me. If the dog yeah. likes me, then we can be friends and we can work on yeah. it and whatever. I'm just like, pets aren't practical. And that's where it ends well, that, That's that... how my dad was. I've, yeah. I've wanted to get a turtle. I've wanted <laughs> to get a, a... What did I want? I wanted to get a hamster. I wanted to get my own dog. My sister has her own dog. I wanted my own dog. My dad said... They cost so much money to feed and immunize and make sure they don't get fleas and stuff. Immunize, that's not it. Give them their shots. Immunize? Immunize, there you go. I think you just put the syllable in the wrong spot. I do that. The emphasis in the wrong spot. <laughs> you put the syllable in the wrong spot. Uh, um, but yeah. No, I... It, they're, they are. They are grossly impractical. And getting a new dog... Does look exactly like this. Getting a new dog, especially if they're young, is like getting a baby. Because they just keep you up, and they cry, and they cry, and they cry. But that's how they form attachment. And so, you either get to hold them while they're crying, or they don't love you. And I I didn't hold Lily while she was crying, and now she doesn't love me. (laughs) Um, yeah. My mom did, and she loves my mom. (laughs) So, so yeah. Uh, I'm not upset about it. I, I don't know if you could. Anyway. <laughs> All this to say, George is a jerk, but, like, I fundamentally get it. Although I think he can be way better. Like, oh, he yeah. is an, an adult. He can handle this. Yeah. I also understand his point of view. Oh, yeah. 100%. And also the fact that, like, they're, he, the fact that they just wrote Mary to, like, full-on blindside him with that yeah and that like and there's makes no the decision <laughs> like it, it like i can get like that feeling too of like they didn't like have a conversation and come to an agreement and she didn't like put any real justification behind it she was just like i think a dog could be fun <laughs> and yeah. then like doesn't really seem to she's also mary's like the one person who doesn't seem to get a downside from the dog in the episode no, because she doesn't get anything eaten because she doesn't have anything because she's not there. <laughs> she's yeah. not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically this dog becomes very much a problem. Keeps yep. them up all night. 
Um, they have to what? D- Jimmy tells her to use a like an alarm clock or something. Yeah. And then George yeah. makes a joke about it. it's like, oh, you can see how ladies keeping us all up. Right. Um, um, he he all yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's when she takes the dog home. This is very interesting because my sister right was in a very sim- situation similar to this where she had a what a two year old and then. She got a puppy, and then she got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't work out great. <laughs> Good dog, though. Oh, my gosh. Great dog. Great family. Wonderful. But as far as keeping the chaos to a minimum, yeah. not the way to go. <laughs> Probably not, no. Um, so. <laughs> I love you, Colleen. Thanks for listening to the Wadfam Chalkpot. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to Colleen. Big fan. Big um, fan. <laughs> big fan. So there's Donna's part of her thing is saying that like one of the great advantages of her having this dog is that she'll be less interested in boys, which I think is just a funny line. Um, oh yeah. And then the, also the brutal line of George saying that he has seen car accidents that look cute. Yeah. Yeah. What? What car? Ac- I was listening to that while I was driving, and I was like. How? Yeah. How? Yeah. And then and then we get like a montage of everyone's stuff being ripped to shreds. Mm-hmm. They're they're being Harry is barking all night. It's like yep. three AM and won't shut up. Yep. He um you know digs he's dug up the whole flower bed, gotten mm-hmm. into the trash, shredded George's favorite slippers, eaten Jimmy's bat. Yeah. You know, all the stuff. And then George is like, all right, it's ultimatum time. Get Harry in line or he's going back to the pound. I don't know if he knows how pets work. George is what I'm asking. Because if this if this is happening, like, you got to give... It, in my head, this is like two days, maybe. Yeah. Max. Mm-hmm. It takes like at least a week to housebreak a pet. Yeah. I was feeling similar. I also, it I get the thing of this pet is Donna's responsibility primarily because she wanted it. Yeah. I'm also like, would someone, anyone, please help the help child her out? <laughs> she is a kid. She has not had a pet before. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It's going poorly because she is ill-equipped. And maybe you're trying to make the point that she's ill-equipped. But just, like, be nice and help her. Yeah, honestly, that is... I have that sentiment about pretty much every single parenting technique that's just like, you know, I can just be mean to you so you can learn to figure stuff out on your own. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, okay. But it worked for the janitor in the Queen's Gambit, so. (sighs) That's true. It did. She did become a very talented and mentally ill chess player. (laughs) Funny how that works. That's my plug for this episode. The (laughs) Queen's Gambit. My new, not favorite, but very much up there show. That'll still be relevant when this episode airs, right? Ah, better be. (laughs) I'll make it so. We're banking ahead, folks. Yeah, we are. Um, so, yeah. It then... We then jump to... Oh... Yeah. The dog runs away. No, no, no. It still hasn't happened yet because it is Donna with her dog at like 2.30 in the morning pleading with it to be quiet so that she can sleep. Then we cut to a scene where Jimmy wakes up Donna and Donna had fallen asleep because she was studying before work. Mm -hmm. And then Jimmy's like, you're late. Yeah, you're late for work. So she goes to work. Gets out of work, and at that point, um, is at wit's end talking with Connie. Yeah, and basically being like, this dog, like, almost made me late for work. Like, all of this was so bad. You know, she basically vents to her about everything that's been happening. And it makes a lot of sense. And this is when Connie gets to swoop in and Mm -hmm. be awesome. And it's so great, honestly. I I don't have anything else to say. Just You know... And I, I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about this a bit last episode, but, like, were you... Did you figure out why Connie is so good in this episode? Because she wasn't written by Phil Lawler? 
Oof. Big oof. Um, no, like, specifically, so she is replacing Wit. Wit, yeah. This right. was an episode written for Wit. Yep. They rewrote this episode, like, five times to try and, like, make it work. Yeah. And landed on this version where, like, they're starting to mature Connie. Um, it's so good, though. It's really good. I'm it's like, a really I'm great... so glad they were able to do this. And because it, it makes perfect sense. Because it does. Connie went through all this change. Yep. And what we saw last episode, which we said was good, was the parents relating to the kids and being vulnerable. And yeah. Connie does the exact same thing here. She it's... relates to the child yeah. and is vulnerable and says, hey, I went through something similar to this and this is how I felt. Yeah. That's all she right. did. Like, she yeah, does it's... more than that. But if it's you just great. start there, the the outcome is benefited immensely yeah and but the thing that it just that just hit me so hard is like we are six years into the show Mm -hmm. and they are like doing a lot to grow connie right now yeah and then i don't feel like that carries no no not at all (laughs) like she has episodes where she is locked in she is a titan we and we talk about that we've also talked a lot about episodes where she is just kind of a mess yeah and it's such a bummer like we joke now about like oh man like if if odyssey ever wanted to like kill off wit it would be great to have connie step into that role but it feels like they would still have to do like a lot of work pretty quickly to make that believable yeah yeah. whereas like they were laying, like, they had her be wit in this episode and do it great because they had to out of necessity. But I wish they would just... Mother necessity. I wish they would, you know, have... I don't know. I wish Connie was better written throughout the show. Yeah, if there and was like, a little just bit with more... more consistency and more of a through line. I realize it's hard to write a character who is growing over the course of 900 episodes. Yeah, 900 episodes non-bound by chronological time. Right. Like, yeah. And, like, right, the, the official guide even points out that, like, yeah, we started to age Connie up in this episode. She wouldn't graduate high school for another four years. <laughs> yeah. And it's... She went from talking like an actual child to talking like a slightly older child. Right. And, like, Donna is, like, a sophomore or junior and connie is i guess a senior like gotta be like it's it's that weird thing too well and connie also has all the life experience of everything that she's been through yeah that donna doesn't have it feels like i don't know it feels like characters like wit and jack and Mm -hmm. tom Mm -hmm. don't have don't have like an overall story arc because they are adults and well-established and yeah, they that's like, just what they are tom has like a lot going on in like the novacom era yeah of, tom like, for mayor tom right. for all there, of that like, I he mean, definitely he does has a lot of things he definitely has arcs mm-hmm. but he doesn't have like these big character shifts over a long period of time yeah eugene's i think they handle well Mm-hmm. But they give it because they kind of give Eugene stuff to do. Like it takes so long for him to become a Christian. Then he has like this huge arc of getting married. Then he's got the arc of finding his father. Like they give him this big stuff. Yeah. Connie becomes a Christian within like the first year of the show. Yeah. And then they never quite she doesn't figure out what her next thing is. Yeah. And different times throughout the show, like they give her stuff. She gets like stuff during the Mitch era she gets like her own radio show she gets yeah. to be wit right now currently i guess she's becoming a counselor like they i give... hope so <laughs> i hope that that continues please dear god honestly if you're listening please let that continue yeah like they give her these little things from time to time mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like there's a clear track of connie's growth over the years it feels like it's a series of this episode she's grown up this episode she's a kid again and like it's fully dependent on who's writing what's going on because there's not enough yeah no right i 100 and now that you've laid it out i always thought that that was just kind of how all the characters in odyssey were but no it's not though because there is to some extent like they do they do that sometimes where they 
maybe Connie's just way more like wit in the sense that she doesn't really ever get any chronological like she doesn't yeah. get hardly any chronological character right. development like like the, and they do they do a thing where like to service an episode mm-hmm. and other shows do this this isn't like an odyssey thing like freaking no. gilmore girls does this but like yeah. to service an episode they will exaggerate her character in different ways oh yeah to like because you know she's the character that makes the they want. show better <laughs> and like and i think it's really interesting this is like a huge episode for connie and connie's growth and she's great in this the next episode that aired is fences mm-hmm. um which is when connie's um dad like cancels his visit to odyssey mm-hmm. and marshall younger has a thing in the official guide where he's like fences was one of the worst shows i ever wrote because i poorly portrayed connie and katie lee let me know and like ripped into me about it and like i'm glad that she did good on you katie lee power to the good people on you and good on marshall younger for, for recognizing, recognizing that it. but hilarious that we're going from this episode where connie is very well handled to the next episode where the writer admits that he did a bad job Oops. writing connie bungled it <laughs> so like yeah it is just it, i feel like that really showcases what we're saying yeah. where like she is kind of all over the place yeah sorry no. Um, Anyways. Um, no, I 100%, 100% agree. And honestly, that was that was a lot of good context. Whew, this podcast. Doozy. Hey. Um, so, so, yeah. Connie, her whole thing here is that her parents split out. Like, Donna, Donna keeps talking about how she wants things to be normal. She wants her yeah. parents and family to be normal. She wants mm-hmm. this dog to be normal. And Connie's like, look, when I, like, when my parents split up, I wanted everything to be normal as well. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I realized that that was just, like, not going to happen. Like, I had to adjust to a new version of normal. Mm-hmm. Things were out of my control and, like... Almost like a global pandemic. Sure. I mean, new normal has become a hated word in the 2020. Like, I yeah. hate that phrase because everyone was using it. Or unprecedented times or whatever. It's 2021 now. So, like, I don't know. Are things better? We're recording this in 2020. But it's 2021 <laughs> when it airs. So, hey! you know. Um, That's but, exciting. But, yeah. Like, it, it's just... It's, it's, it, it's, so, it's so nice for her to find this... Well, it's, it's nice that Connie can find this point of relation with Donna. Yeah. It's nice that the writers give her that. Yeah, like Connie the, has a line where she goes, what I thought was normal had nothing to do with real life or, like, with how messy it can be. And, like, that mm. really resonated with me where it's, like, I think that, um, well, in REBT therapy, there's this the idea that you have um, beliefs that inform the way that you perceive the world. So it's, like, kind of a very worldview-centered, like, form of theory. Um, but the idea that, like, you can have a goal in your head where it's like, man, I feel like I am always feeling so anxious or so depressed because things are not normal. Mm-hmm. That inherent belief is something that you can change and it's based on uh, expectations and things like that, yep. Where, which is what Connie goes I into where she's that. like this idea that like that's what she says. There's uh, there was normal, uh, nothing weird, unusual, or hard to deal with. Nothing? Right. Like, if that's what normal is, that sounds like bliss. Right. But that is that is the difference and what, what we would create call incru- incongruence, which is the difference between what you want to be true and what you're actually experiencing. Right. And, yeah, so she suggests to Donna, she's like, look, I get that it's hard to cope with all these changes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should shift your expectations. Yeah. That's such a good, like, and not in a condescending way, like, get over your feelings. Absolutely not. Like, that's what's great about it, is it's not like, screw you, just deal with it. Things are different now. You'll have to figure that out. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's so compassionate. No, yeah, it's, it's, I used to want things to be normal, too. And things for me got really not normal when my parents split up and I moved and everything was completely different. Um, yeah. like that's a lot of change 
this this vague thing called normal that we constantly strive for is not what it seems to be and upon close examination this episode shows that like that normal falls apart immediately under any amount of scrutiny like how could you actually expect things to be normal and nothing weird or unusual or annoying (laughs) fair enough it's at this point then after like yeah after connie's great little like speech and back and forth and whatnot jimmy busts in the door yeah and is like have you guys seen harry i've been looking for him for two hours yeah which well done jimmy Great job. Looking like, for this dog I know, for two like, hours that he good, did good destroyed his bat. Yeah. What a guy. I know. Great Jimmy moment. Yeah. Um, And then they, they're they like, no. And so they go home. Mm-hmm. And the, George, like, George is still out putting up signs. Yep. He's on the he, outskirts he, of town because yep. they don't know how far this dog could have gone. I imagine it's the same alley as the visitors. Oh, yes. Of course. And He's like, wait a minute. Is that angels? <laughs> no, it's my dog. <laughs> um, and so he gets home. He does not have the, um, he doesn't have the dog. No. There's also like he went to the outskirts of towns because like he can drive and everyone else has to walk because they only have one car. Yeah, which is just nice. Like I, I like Fun that. Fun continuity. Like, yeah. Um, and so yeah, they haven't found him. They're looking mm-hmm. for signs. Mm-hmm. Donna is distraught, and George says. A dog that ugly can't travel incognito for too long unless he gets arrested for impersonating a moose. Yeah. What? Brutal. Wow. And also, the second half of that makes no sense. Does the dog look like a moose? But Would they also, arrest the moose? <laughs> but also, like, he he can't travel incognito unless he gets arrested for impersonating a moose if he is impersonating something he is by definition incognito yes so why would it be unless like you set these up as two he gets found out because he's trying to be a moose (laughs) well you like set up these two but they but george is saying he can't travel incognito like he will be found out yeah and then but he's setting these up as two contrary thoughts but they are the same thought hmm you make an excellent point. <laughs> well, I guess you bungled this episode too, <laughs> Phil Lawler. It's Paul McCusker. I'm just so. gonna blame Phil Lawler for everything. <laughs> That's not fair to Phil. But no, fair enough. Um, <laughs> it's not fair to Phil, but maybe it is. Well, um, I can't say I'm a huge fan of the guy. No, 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 no. Uh, so. So yeah, then then it is Donna downstairs, like I imagine, like mm-hmm. by like Harry's bed or whatever, yeah. with the clock ticking. Mm-hmm. Which also, it, in um, it a prayer like for George Barkley, you were talking about how there's like this weird ticking in the background, and yeah. you weren't sure what it is. And this actually has ticking in the background. Um, but we know exactly what it is. It is an delightful. alarm clock. And uh, yeah, so she's just down there in the middle of the night thinking about Harry and. Um, She's just like, man, like, I can't sleep. I couldn't sleep when he was here because he was keeping me up, and now he's not here, and I can't sleep because I'm worried about him. Mm-hmm. And Mary comes down, and this is, like, the redemption yeah. for Mary yep. in this episode and this series almost. Yeah. Um, which is, like, her getting to have, like, a bit of a heart-to-heart, late-night conversation with her daughter. Um, yeah. Where she's, like, Donna... Well, because she, she comes in and she says, like, kind of pushing Donna a bit on how broken up she is is about this considering like how much trouble she caused which just prompts donna to talk about all the great stuff that like she does love about harry yeah that hadn't really come up because we've just been seeing the bad mm-hmm. um but she gets to talk about like why she loves this dog um mm-hmm. and it's just sweet yeah well and and you get this moment where like the mom is really seeing past what what Don is showing like Don in this moment this is when she realizes everything that Don has been talking to Connie about mm. and all of the struggles that she's been going through cuz it's it's very uh super super common just in general for people to um get pets or have children like having children when they're having marital issues because um they think that that will solve it because it gives something else but in actuality, it, all it does is involve a third party. Um, 
And what we get here is like the Barkley family is not in a like the Barkley children are not in a great shape right now. Like Jimmy, we don't know much about it, but Con, uh, but Donna has had to grow up a lot. Yeah. She's had to start, you know, working. She's suffering consequences for not working. She has her own pet that she has to take care of and feed and do all these things. You know, over the course of this arc, which is not a super long period of time, we've seen her essentially jump from being a glorified airhead where, like, there's really, she's young and there's nothing serious going on. She doesn't really have to worry about anything terrible uh, to to somebody who has a lot of responsibility and has a lot of things going on and doesn't feel particularly... Um, supported or known in, right. in everything that Someone she's going through. who's being forced to be a little bit more independent. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, like, if you've ever, as a listener, like, if you've ever been in a situation where you had one parent who worked and one stayed home, and then suddenly they are both working, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I totally have to recalibrate to mm-hmm. my way of life, because, mm-hmm. like, I can't depend on them in the same way. Yeah. Like, they're not always there. Yeah. And, like, coping with that. And, yeah, I I think, I think like, last episode with Making the Grade, like, we saw Jimmy's own struggles come out in just this, like, being, like, overly concerned about his future and putting mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on himself in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think, I think there's a nice symmetry to the real conversation that George and Jimmy got to have at the last of at the end of last episode mm-hmm. and what we now get with Mary and Donna that's yeah. just so and the episode so cool. doesn't doesn't even end there right no it, it doesn't goes back to well I just end. the the thing I want to just hit on is Mary opening up and being like that like her and George really don't want their kids to get lost in the middle of yeah. all this change. Yeah, we want to make sure you guys get the attention that you need and you deserve. Right. Like we 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 might have like we might need to refocus and adjust some of our things mm-hmm. in our lives because like we can see the impact this is having on you. And while like we think all the things that we are doing are right, we maybe could do them better or differently. Yeah, which is a really Mm. Such yeah, a good I, good parent moment. Yeah, I Great. love the sentiment. I love Arthur and I love this show. <laughs> yep. And then we get uh Donna going in to talk to uh to talk to Connie again. Yeah. Um and they just have like a little chat um mm-hmm. about yeah, Donna kind of repeating back some of the stuff that Connie had said to her. Mm-hmm. Um and just like how yeah, she's been able to use that stuff and yeah, and yeah, just the impact that that's had. And then we get Harry crashing back into wit's end yep. in the back. And she's like, what are you doing in my kitchen? Which, yep. again, it's wit's kitchen, but now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, and, yeah, and he is muddy and making a mess. Yep. And Donna doesn't care. And she's, she's ecstatic. so happy. And, mm, and then him. Connie's like, uh, oh, wait, no yeah connie's upset because she makes a huge mess right and donna's like i don't care i'll clean it up yep. like i'm just so happy to have my dog back and then connie's mm-hmm. like ah, don't worry about it i'll take care of it right and that's yeah. is that the end of the episode is that what we go out on yeah well so the so the last thing of note is that connie suggests maybe harry's not the name oh right name that's for right this dog maybe you should just call him normal <laughs> which i think is really fun yeah it's a good pet name it also normal is the one of the cats in Garfield, um, which is what is that? kept jumping up out to me there. Wait, normal? Normal. Oh, normal. Which one is that in Garfield? Normal is the gray cat. Oh, it's like the younger cat. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I think I remember that. I've, I read a lot of Garfield cartoons as a child. <laughs> yeah, it is not. A, it is deep in my memory yeah, bank. Not super relevant, but it did jump out to me immediately when they were like, we'll call the dog normal. And I was like, normal? <laughs> the cat from Garfield? Yeah. Lasagna? Mondays? I hate him. <laughs> um, it's editing day. Yeah. The worst day. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesdays, on the other hand. Great, Great. days. Um, yeah. Anything? I, mean, anything? I, got, yeah. I feel like I'm tied. 
tuckered out. I've said yep. everything I needed to say. Thank you. I feel similar. This episode was great. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, there was, you know, like we said, it was kind of campy, but really enjoyable. And, like, yeah. there was really what it said. It said well. And uh, we got some good character development. Mm-hmm. What about you? Anything, anything to add? Anything to plug? Anything... No, I don't have anything else I really want to hit on for this. Um, what did we? You you plugged Queen's Gambit. Did yeah, I, Queen's did Gambit. I, did is I plug? So good. Did I plug a movie or something? I forget what I said. Oh, you um, could say something else. I I think I said something earlier on where I was like, I guess that's my plug, but I don't know what. It I was. don't even remember. Yeah, that was you know an hour ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh that's all I'm. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah. So, and we'll be back next week. Yeah. To talk about episode 285, George Under Pressure. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. Pet Peeve was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalkpod.